Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for coming over the past weeks as we've been speaking on foundational principles for a strong church. Hello, Caleb. (laughs) Hallelujah. Caleb and Joshua, we're just looking for the Joshua. (laughs) Amen. And so I hope that um, we've been getting our focus right over the last weeks, and I hope you agree that we've been hitting on the right areas. Um, The foundation at the start, Christ our cornerstone, the rock, this Jesus at the center of it all, strengthened in silence, the power of quiet time, prayer, amen, waiting on the Lord, holding nothing back, devotion, consecration, commitment, amen, with a big C C word in there, Um, the local church, unity, purpose, where you're placed, where you're planted, how important that is, held together by his love, amen, the first and greatest commandment of all is to love, love your neighbor, amen, restoring the gates was one we did, fortifying the church, amen, Um, looking at our interaction with the world, eliminating compromise from the church, Then when the blood covenant reminding us that we are accepted and so many Christians have an identity crisis and we remembered when we went to look at the blood covenant that his blood has cleansed us, amen, and we can now stand in front of the Father God, washed, accepted, and we can, that's where we find our true identity, amen, and so it's not about how you look. I don't know anyone who looks like a Christian. It's not about how you, how you look, although if you want to become pharisaical about it, then yes, people did try to look like Christians, but it's not about how you look or, or, or how you fit in. It's about is your heart circumcised? It's about is your heart circumcised? Amen. And so then we looked last week at the character of courage, upholding truth in the heat of battle. We used the war horse, didn't we? And, uh, you know, um, most times you get the impression that horses get spooked by the slightest thing. But these horses, no way. Doesn't matter. Bombs, the rattling of sabers, doesn't matter. They, where the rider points them, they go. And uh, we, we, we looked at the metaphor that, that, that we are that war horse. The church is like that war horse. You know, it's ready to go. Amen. And so this morning's message kind of nearly concludes this series, um, but there's still so much more that's pertinent to building a strong local church. Do you believe that? And so today's message is about others. It's about soul winning. And so I've entitled the message, Tell Them. And this is probably, there's probably hundreds of sermons called Tell Them. You could, and there's hundreds of sermons called Others. But it is what it is, isn't it? So we're going we're gonna to talk about soul winning today because, you know, we, we, we have no purpose at all if we don't win souls. 
We have no right to exist as a church if we actually don't add people to God's kingdom. Isn't that true? So the Great Commission is the only commission that was given to us. There weren't any others. And it's not one of the reasons why we're here. It's the only reason that we're here, the Great Commission, to go into all of the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. Amen. And so without this process of evangelism and soul winning, the church becomes dead. It's a bit like the Dead Sea where, where there's, no, there's no outflow of life. And when we, when we give out, when we give out, we'll, we'll receive life in return. Not only the lives that are added, but it'll give all of us a huge injection Amen. You know what? So many times purpose, if we understood that our purpose, okay, we have many purposes to take care of widows and orphans, feed people, look after people, all of that. But if we, if we don't have our purpose right, then we will lose hope or we've already lost hope. And I, th- I believe that the antidote to so much these days is purpose. I believe that the antidote to loneliness is having purpose. I believe that if you have a purpose, then you will never be lonely because your purpose will bring you around other people and your purpose will get you involved in in a pursuit that is going to give you life. And so I believe that, amen. And so there's plenty of people beyond these walls that we need to reach. And I said a few weeks ago, you know, um, Jesus, it was no mistake he chose fishermen because they already understood the whole concept they knew that fish don't just jump into nets. Do you know what I mean? You have to go and you have to do all, go through all the process of what fishing involves. And they were hardy and they knew what was coming. And so Jesus could, knew he could re- relate with them. Amen. And so, you know, um, I believe as the church, we need to be more um, inclusive in our thinking in terms of welcoming accepting, okay, always though with God's precepts and principles and truths, okay, I don't just say carte blanche, I'm saying his word directs us, and not be so exclusive, you know, the the Pharisees thought they were a pretty exclusive bunch of guys, and um, you didn't get in if you didn't fit, or if you didn't have all the right words to say, and you knew all of the, the stuff, but um, the reaching out with the, the gospel is really simple. Amen? Amen. And so um, we need to win the lost to Christ. We are the church when we win the lost to Christ. Amen? And I want to talk about God's expectations of us as ministers of reconciliation. That is people that introduce men to God. In a simple way, I want to read this scripture to you in Proverbs 11, chapter 30. It says there that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. We've seen we're going to the craft fair this afternoon to buy our tree of life. Someone made beautiful glass ornaments, the tree of life. And I thought, I'm having that because I know the meaning in that, the tree of life. Amen. He who wins souls is wise. You know, the ministry of Jesus Christ was always about others and always was 
done to bring glory to his Father God. Amen. And his ministry was a redemption ministry. So he was going to redeem those who were poor, sick, lonely, lost, were going to be separated from God and the things of God in the grip of Satan, all right? People that were possessed and oppressed and all the rest of it. And he came and he says, I'm going to redeem you unto victory. That was what he was here for. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's speaking to those, his followers there. And he says, go. And as soon as he says, go, it's almost like the baton pass. The transfer of, of power and authority moved onto them to go out and to do what Jesus, continue doing what Jesus was doing. That's as, really as simple as that. So when we read the Gospels, when we read about Jesus' life, and with how do we evangelize, and I do, I do purpose to do some small evangelistic workshops soon so that we can look at the nitty-gritty of that, but so that we know Oh, so this is how Jesus did it. This is how, he, this is how he related to people. This is how he communicated with people. I can learn a thing or two from that. Amen? And so he says, go, therefore, and make disciples. So, he, he doesn't, so our, the expectation is not to go and get someone saved, but then to leave them. It's to lead them to Christ and then to, this sounds like something out of Star Trek, to assimilate them to bring them in. You know what I'm saying? To bring them in and to disciple them. Amen? So this is, um, you can read that at scripture also in Mark 16, 15, where Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who doesn't believe will be condemned. And there's, there are signs that follow those that believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up snakes and serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You, you're anointed to lay hands on the sick. In your local area, you can go and lay hands on, on the sick. You can pray for people. And we need to be more bold. We need to say, can I pray for that? Can I pray for that? Can I pray for you? We have needs in our community. We have, um, we have a, a local family who lost their son to suicide. Um, you know, we have so many people burdened and hurting in our communities. And, and sometimes we just need to remember, I'm putting my hand up first here. We can do something. We can send a wee card. We can, we can send a wee posy of flowers. We can do something that will open the door to be able to speak to someone we can pop round and say, can I offer you a meal or anything like that? We can do so much. Amen. And so he says, go. And we make go so complicated. We make go the biggest deal ever. Well, 
we better buy this and do that and do this, and this has to be just right, and who's going to look after that? He just says, go in simplicity. That's what he said to his followers. He says, just go, just with what you've got and your stuff, and on you go. So sometimes we need to simplify church. In fact, there's a book out there called Simplify Church. Sometimes we just need to keep church at the heart of what it was supposed to be. Community with Jesus at the center of it all. And so there's other, there's other benefits to going, to responding to go. Because if you do, you'll look even more beautiful than you do now. This word says in Isaiah 52, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. <laughs> how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. I think that's awesome. I believe that when we begin to um, say yes and respond to the goal, I believe it changes our whole life. I believe you become radiant, youthful. Those, those, those that run and do not grow, they rise up on wings as eagles. They will not faint. Now, you're already quite a good-looking people, but you can become more, even more good-looking because it's as you take the message, your feet become beautiful. As you carry the message, you become beautiful. Amen. Those who bring good news. And Nahum chapter 1 verse 15 says, look, look there on the mountains. Here's the feet of one who brings good news, who pro proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They will be completely destroyed. Amen. And you can go through Paul's letters, and Paul was just always eager to go. He says, I'm eager to come to you. I'm eager to come to Colossa. I'm eager to come to Corinth. I'm eager to come to Rome. I want to preach the gospel. I want to go to places where no one has been before. I want to be there so I'm not building on someone else's foundation. I want to come. I want to preach. I want to spread the good news. And he says there in Ephesians 6.15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. God is going to make our feet ready, swift, to carry the message. But the, there has to be a switch in us first that says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And um, sometimes we think, you know, but I'm like the home guard. Remember there was, you know, in the war. What did they call them? Was it dad's army? The, 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 you know, all of us go because the word says that we reach out first to our Jerusalem, which is what's on our doorstep, and then to Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. So God wants us to carry a message out there, irrespective of what we think our role should be. That, great, that commission is for all of us. Amen. And so that message is the message of Faith, hope, and love, which is our strap line. Our, the Bridge Church bringing a message of faith, hope, and love. And that is faith in the Lord Jesus, hope of an eternity, and love, that everything in Christ is love, has come from love, exists in love, and is because of love. Faith, hope, and love. And so 
Jesus says, first of all, follow me. And then not long after that, he says, go. Amen. Go out. And I want you to listen to this great story. There's a great story in the Bible. It's in Mark chapter 5. And I think that this story should be a pattern for us. You might disagree with me, but listen to this first of all. Mark 5, 18 to 20. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful and compassionate he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone, everyone, not a few folk, everyone was amazed and they marveled at what he told them. So if we take a highlighter pen and mark that in our Bibles and we say to them, Read this with me. Here's what I want you to do. You've just been delivered. You've been set free. You've been saved. Now, I want you to go and tell people what has happened to you. That is the biggest evangelistic tool we could ever have. We don't, you, you can have the most complicated systems, but if you lead someone to Christ, all you have to do is say, listen, have you got a minute? Can we read Mark 5? Here was a man who was possessed by a demon, Jesus delivered him. And the man naturally wanted to stay with the anointed one. Wow, you're amazing. You've just set me free. But Jesus says, no, I want you to go back to your town and tell people, amen. And surely in these times, with everything that's going on around us in the world, if you've been watching the news recently, there's some riots kicking off. There's things happening in the world that are very serious. Surely we can develop a thankful heart. Surely we can be thankful in the midst of all of this trouble. Surely, can't we? And we can increase our thanksgiving in this way. Thank you, Lord God, for, for, for healing the people we've prayed for this morning. How do you consummate that thanksgiving? The way you consummate it is you go, amen, you go and you tell people what the good report is, what the good news is. When someone has done something for you, here, I'm blessing you. Thank you. Thanks, Lewis, for that. Thanks for that 50 bucks. I really needed that this week. I go to Eleanor and say, Eleanor, I'm blessed. Lewis has blessed me. That is like completing the circle of thanksgiving. Because I haven't just held it to myself. Thanks, Lewis. Cheers. I've gone and I've said, Lewis has blessed me. Look what he has done. In other words, what I'm saying is, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And that's what we're doing. So we, thanksgiving is not thanksgiving if we keep it to ourselves. It's by spreading the news of what God has done for us. Amen. And it's clear in God's word that we've all been given a personal mission to spread the good news. So you have a pulpit in your shop, in your school, in your place of work, 
You have a personal pulpit. You have an opportunity to minister, to show and tell the good news. And I believe that, that this church is much bigger than what you see here. It's already reached to the uttermost parts of the earth. Our, our church family in air this morning are having an international Sunday. So they have Nigerian, Jamaican, South African, Scottish and English, and Zimbabwean, and people from other places. So we're adding, we've got internationals here too. We have, and so they're doing, doing this. So this, the church is bigger than what we see. You know, it used to be you'd come across people and, uh, um, oh, are you from Cornerstone Church? Oh, the wee church on the corner. The wee church on the corner. Now, you don't know nothing. The wee church on the corner has already been all around the world, sent people all around the world to go, and in this area. Amen. So, hallelujah. So, Ephesians 2.10 says that God even created us to do good works. All right? He created us for that, and he ordained them before time. So he didn't just create us to be good Christians. Good, you just be a good Christian. He created us to do works. Amen? And if I wake up in the morning and I just say, do you know what? Today I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing. Whatever I feel like doing. If I don't get any hard time from the other side of the room, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do today, it's going to please God anyway. Whatever, he's, he's always, he, whatever I do, as long as I keep a smile on my face, and I, it's going to be fine. What do you think? No. God already determined what I'm going to be doing on the 21st of November. He determined what I'm going to be doing on Monday, the 22nd of November. I have to wake up to that reality every morning. He, you know, that you're going to be wherever you are. You're going to be at COP26. So you're going to be, you know, at the local fish and chip shop, you know, at a certain time. Oh, I just feel like fish and chips. Maybe, you, maybe you're having to meet somebody there, you know. So all of these different things, amen. And so God's already determined that. And the only time we please God is when we are obedient to God. We want to be pleasing to God, but we don't obey him. We're, we're really fooling ourselves because our salvation came with a purpose and God designed us to accomplish the purpose and the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk out the purpose with his anointing. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power from on high when the Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses because you have the anointing. So the anointing's for that purpose, Amen. If we don't love people enough, and listen, this is one of those messages with the fingers pointing back. If we don't love people enough to evangelize them, and we still want the anointing, what do we need the anointing for? Because the, the anointing, because there's such a thing as being puffed up. So if we want to be puffed up, that's one thing. But, you know, That'll be short-lived. Amen? We've got to maintain the aim of what God says we must do. And it's like when I was in my days of selling cars, if my general manager found me in the workshop with overalls on, he'd had a meltdown. So you're not here to fix the things. You're here to sell them. Ah, oh, okay. That's the aim of your employment. Sell the motors. 
you know, don't go hanging out with the mechanics. And sometimes I felt like hanging out with the mechanics. They were easier to be around than the customers. <laughs> I'm only kidding. So we have to maintain the aim. Amen. So he created us. Isn't it amazing? He created us according to Genesis 1 in his image and likeness. And so he created us to be communicative beings, to communicate with him and to relate with other people. Amen. He created me with a body and thank God for our health and strength. And we know, we know that there are people that have different areas where, the, where this is a challenge. But I want to say that he gave us a body that was fit for motion, a mouth fit to communicate. Amen. He gave us, he gave us a mind. He gave us all of the attributes of someone that can do, do something for the kingdom. Amen. You know, he gave thought to our being so that he could, we can envisage, envisage feet running, carrying the message. Amen. And it's, 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 it's wonderful because everything in our lives exists for a purpose. Every, every single sinew, muscle, fiber in our being exists for, a, for the service of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's like one of those buses you see coming down the road and it says, um, in service or not in service you know, and so we are in service, and then sometimes we need some maintenance, and we put the not in service sign up, and we go, and we, we build ourselves up, and we need ministry, we need counseling, we need, and then we go, click, flip the sign, in service, winning to Kilburnie, off we go again, amen, and when you're in service, God will preserve you, amen, he preserved Paul when Paul went on all those journeys around the Mediterranean, amen, and God delivered him from the serpents, you can pick it, you will pick up a serpent, in fact, that happened in Melita, and then um, whatever he ate or drank would, did not harm him, amen, so I would like you to repeat after me a confession, and we're nearly finished this message today, I'd like you to repeat a confession after me, Are you ready? God has created me and divinely enabled me to reach others. Amen. Here's the next one. Turn the page. God has given me the intelligence to overcome obstacles and problems. Amen. Do you remember Brother Dale coming? He's fond of saying, you can go where God says you can go. You can do what God says you can do. I love, I love that. Here's the next one. God has given me the mental ability to speak in languages other than my native tongue and to comprehend and understand many things. Amen. Amen. It's never too late to learn to communicate. Never too late. God has given me the ability to be industrious and to be a hard-working minister. Amen. God has given me the heart capacity to love others that are foreign to me 
and that are strangers to me, but they are gods, and they are waiting on a messenger. Here's the last confession. I am that messenger. Amen. 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 And you agree with me, there's many people that don't know about the Lord. They don't know about Jesus because no one has told them. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, It is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So many times, I know that scripture is used in different contexts, but the reality is, if the, if the eye doesn't see or the ear hears or know that God has a plan and a purpose, they will never know. Amen? And I believe that the percentage of people that have heard things like that is probably quite low in our community. And I think we can change that. Amen? Romans 10, 14 says, How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Don't assume people want to become Christians. I believe there is a desire in the very depths of man to want something that knows that there is something that's missing. But there's a lot of religions and doctrines that will come knocking at the door. And if they sound convincing enough, they'll be received. You just have to look around. There's something like 16 billion Muslims on the earth and so many Mormons and all sorts of other religions and doctrines. And we are lagging behind. And so we must let them know. We must tell them. Amen. And so it's not just the, the function when Jesus, like, oh, we can say, oh, Lord, you said go to your apostles. It was just them that had to go. No. They multiplied, and everyone that was added went out and became a minister of the gospel. And I want to say this morning that you're the, what we call the laity, lay, lay people. You come here out of your own volition, but the, if, 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 there will be an explosion in God's kingdom when the lay person begins to reach the lost, when we work as a team together to make it happen. Amen? So... Even though you might think, well, I'm an administrator, I'm a this, I'm a that, we all come together to work as a team to lead the lost to Christ. Amen? And so I believe this is a foundational truth for a strong local church. If we do not reach up, reach in, and reach out, we're going to be dead, dead, dead. And we cannot afford to be dead. There's too much life here anyway, and this is not a dead church. Amen? And so... When we, it's, it's an incredible principle. Once life starts being added, things accelerate. Things multiply quickly. Amen. And so let's, let's consider our priorities. Our first priority is to be imitators, Christians, little Christ. Imitate Jesus Christ. 
And his business was all about communicating with people and getting them to know his Father God. Amen? A statistic I read a few years ago said that 94% of the world's ministers preach and teach to 9% of the world's population. Conversely, that means that 6% of ministers have the other 91% of the world's population to deal with. That sounds a bit, sounds a bit back to front, doesn't it? We can't just rely on the evangelist. Thank God for the evangelist, for the crusade, for the people that take healing Jesus crusade, all of these things. We, we, we have to go as well. We have to go and get people. Amen. Luke 15.8 talks about the woman who lost the coin. You know that story. If she has 10 pieces of silver and loses one, she does everything she can till she finds it. When she does, she calls all her friends around and says, rejoice with me, the one that was lost I've found. And there's a message in that for the church. I preached, shared this quite a few years ago. If we're always polishing the same coin all the time, giving the same old issues, the same priority and attention and care, polishing that coin, then we're going to miss the other coins, the, the rough, the diamonds in the rough, and all of the other coins that are out there. Amen. There are hundreds of messages preached on the internet these days over and over again. So now all of the coins we've polished up, we need to get them out. Amen. Otherwise, we just do the same thing over and over again. Amen. And it's good news to people that are burdened with all the stuff that's going on today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, this is the last scripture in Matthew 24, from verse 3 to 14. Matthew 24, 3 to 14, says they'll deliver you up to be afflicted and they'll kill you and you'll be hated of all the nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and will deceive many. Iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. The gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness, and then the end shall come. The last part of that scripture depends on you and me, because the end will not come until the gospel is preached. So the last part of that scripture is, up, is upon you and me and the church and if we want to hasten Christ's return, then we need to keep on going to do that. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.